Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. AEW is officially here, but what is next? We got a peek into the future of the new promotion this week, and we will discuss what it could mean to the wrestling landscape. Meanwhile, the promotion that many AEW stars have left behind moves forward with Honor Reign Supreme. We will preview the ROH show this weekend. We will also look back at a surprisingly tame New Year's Dash in New Japan, as well as Impact's homecoming at the Asylum. And we discuss WWE's tribute to a passing legend. It's all coming up next. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on ROH, NJPW, Impact, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. Man, it's been a crazy week for wrestling developments, really culminating with the AEW rally. That's what everyone was talking about this week, and for good reason. It seems like it's going to change the whole landscape of wrestling. We will discuss that. We will see whether... uh... I truly believe it will change the landscape. Whatever. Because I got to play devil's advocate a little bit because everybody is so excited about it. Can't just blindly go in and think this is the greatest thing ever. Whatever. Got to bring some realism to it a little bit. I'm, I'm realistic. Ex- I'm excited about it. I've researched a lot about it. I've I've got it on good authority. It's going to be something good. Okay. Whatever. Well, I'm excited about it too. All right. I'm just tapering my enthusiasm. Whatever. I'm all about seeing the proof of things. All right, well, before we get to proof and speculation and all this and really delving into what the rally was all about, let's uh, tell everybody where to find us. You can find us on twofacepod.com. There's a little tab called Find the Pod if you want to find out other platforms to listen to us on or view us on. If you want to check us out on YouTube, we have a video version. Also, check us out on Twitter at twofacepod on Twitter, same as the website, and at superkickingit with a G, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T, for my Twitter, which I do a lot of polls, especially wrestling polls. Right now I've got one, which is the better theme song, Rapungi Vice or Rapungi 3K? Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. No, that's not the answer. The correct no. answer is the one about Japanese McGriddles and all this <laughs> other stuff. That would be Rapungi Vice, the best. Well, and she's got that poll this week. Next week she gets back to the T-shirt poll. Yes, I'm going to be putting the power in you guys' hands to choose which wrestling t-shirt 
I am going to wear. I'll give a choice of two or three shirts, and you decide. <laughs> you have the power, as I used to say when we did the poll more often. <laughs> but we're going to get back to it. Yes, on a regular basis. So, And we want to remind you that we want to thank St. Arnold Brewing for their support of uh, the podcast, as well as uh, mybookie.ag. Remember to use the promo code KICKIT and uh, get an account opened up, and you'll be ready to go for this weekend's divisional NFL playoffs or into next weekend's championship games. But now it's time to give our opinions on the latest wrestling shows, news, and developments, it's time for Headlines. But of course, we are going to start where everybody is talking about the big event this week. It happened on Tuesday in Jacksonville. No, not WWE SmackDown, although there was some news out of, out of that as it relates to the really big announcement in Jacksonville, which of course was All Elite Wrestling. And of course, I joke about the SmackDown thing because there was a rumor that uh, WWE fans were being turned away wearing AEW shirts. There was video of it, yeah, too. Which, which means WWE views AEW as a, as a threat. Possibly, <laughs> but uh, no matter if they think it's a threat or not, I think it is revolutionary. And it's kind of cool for wrestlers especially, and those of us covering wrestling, because there's so much more to watch and enjoys a fan or a journalist. But uh, for the wrestlers, there's so many places to work. They hired a bunch of people that was announced at this rally, including SCU, so that's official. Mm -hmm. um, Britt Baker, mm -hmm. one of the first talents signed, and she had some powerful things to say. She said, you know, not only am I one of the first women signed, but I was one of the first athletes signed for this promotion, so they are taking women's wrestling very seriously. Very and then seriously. she kind of touted her academic accomplishments because she's actually like a dentist mm -hmm. in her life. That's not a gimmick. It's no. a real thing. So she talked about that and how she's going to be an example for other you know, athletes, but also other women. So I liked that a lot, and I, I thought that said a lot about what they're going to be doing, and Brandy said they'll be having equal pay. Right. That's that's what I was going to say. As big of an announcement as Britt being there was Brandy saying that the women are going to get equal pay to the men right off shows how this promotion is going to be revolutionary. I think one of the biggest signings that was announced was Pac, a.k.a., if you're not familiar, Neville uh, from, you know, WWE. He is amazing, and he was still in heel character, and he came out to challenge Hangman Page because Hangman said that, you know, it's been awesome hanging out with Cody and the Bucks the last few years. It's been the best time of his life. And then he said, but, you know, they made me hungry, hungry for basically the gold he was implying because they've all held gold except him. And he said he was wanted to be the first person to have an AEW championship. He wanted to be the first champion. That's when Pac came out and, like, stood basically face-to-face -face with Hangman, and I think that's going to be an amazing feud. Obviously, that's something they're already building up right now. Uh, that's exciting. They're already building up matches and stories. <laughs> Perfectly done. I'm excited about that. But, of course, maybe even bigger news was uh, the news that Chris Jericho is going to be aboard on this process, and him being part of it and the subsequent quotes I've heard alleviated one of my fears that this is just going to be, remember I said this last week, or two, yeah, last week, that this was just going to be another promotion, you know, whereas I wanted it to be a bigger promotion. I want it to be something that can compete with WWE. That will obviously happen if they get a TV package, to which Jericho said, 
I wouldn't be part of this if if there wasn't a, a TV package in place. Because my he said that on Busted Open Radio right. when he was being interviewed by like Bully Ray and stuff. So you can catch that podcast interview where he elaborates on that. Like you know, he says he thinks it's going to be a big deal, and that they are going to change the world. And he emphasized the TV deal. He kind of talked about that, and then Bully Ray circled back and was like, "So you're he didn't want to name names about." what TV networks right. are in conversation with them. But he said, believe me, it will be a big deal. Then Bully Ray circles back and says, so wait, I'm not asking for specifics, but you're saying people will be like, holy, this is a big deal. And, he, and then Jericho said, yes. Well, we've so heard. Yes. It we've seems heard, like it's a big deal. We've heard TBS and TNT. Rumors. Obviously, yeah. you know, because they had WCW, obviously then – then you bring in this whole other element of this is the second coming of WCW and the head-to-head versus WWE. But on the flip side, I think this will be better run than WCW ever was. I think uh, that and, you know, even though case. you've got a, a, a billionaire who's backing them, you know, much like you did with WCW, I think the Jaguars owner, obviously we heard in some of the interviews, is much more... Uh, invested in wrestling and much more knowledgeable about wrestling so i think that's a big plus if you want to know more about tony khan and almost kind of get a glimpse into his fandom which goes way further than i even thought it did (laughs) check out x-pac's latest podcast episode he interviews Tony Khan, and he's talking about, like, you know, when he was seven years old, (laughs) reading The Observer and, like, you know, tape trading at 12 and writing in results from WWF or whichever house shows he went to, writing in results of house shows and sending it into The Observer. That's crazy. At a young age, you know? So he's always been interested in wrestling and even said, like, you know, his football club in England – are a little worried about his involvement in such a huge project taking time away from what he's doing. But he said, to be honest, he was spending any free time he had anyway on wrestling. So now it's kind of like he can make money doing it and still kind of give that same amount of time to the wrestling that he would have, it would have just been for fun before. So after seeing the rally, what is your opinion, I guess, right now, maybe compared to a week ago when we came on the air right after Wrestle Kingdom 13 and we talked about this a little bit, where do you think this stands in the in the wrestling? We said it at the beginning in your tease, the wrestling landscape. Where where do you think this is going to fit in, and and how will everybody else fit in around it? Everybody is talking about this one way or the other. I think this is something that we shouldn't downplay because whether or not people are getting angry about how many people are talking about AEW, <laughs> it's out there. People are getting in arguments over Twitter, like, you know, WWE versus AEW loyalists and stuff already. <laughs> and there, like, hasn't even been an AEW show right. yet. So there's already really a lot of talk and back and forth and people picking sides. So to me, that already indicates it's a huge deal. And um, whether or not it's good talk it's talk nonetheless right and we always say that it doesn't matter but i just think it's big for the wrestling world because the more i heard con talk on that podcast the more serious it sounded he was talking not only about being a fan and specific matches that he loved and all this other stuff he was also talking about business and he said that recently you know he could have done this long ago he's always been a fan of wrestling 
but you're not just going to jump in and invest millions right. into a project. So it kind of makes me feel even better about how this promotion is being run is that, yeah, he's a fan, but he didn't just do this 10 years ago just to do it because he had money. He really thinks that the landscape right now is ripe for this, that it's the perfect time to do something different, and that 2019 was timed perfectly because they knew that a lot of contracts, specific contracts, were going to be coming up and that they would be able to acquire certain talent to build one of the best rosters ever. And that's what they wanted to. They want to build a great roster, he said, and he wants to present stuff to the audience that they'll enjoy right then. Not anything, they don't want to show anything that they're not going to enjoy then unless it like plays into a larger story later. So that tells me there's not going to be throwaway matches. There's not going to be throwaway bull like on Raw or SmackDown, pardon me, but that's how I feel. <laughs> well, I agree with you on all of that except for... And this is the part I still don't know yet because, again, this only happened Tuesday. There's a lot that's got to go into this. All that's been announced is a couple of shows, right? Mm -hmm. So to me right now, this is no more than having a couple of all-ins, you know? That's, that's the way it kind of looks right now. Now, when I, when, I, when I see a full schedule where they're going to tour and wrestle around the country, then I'm like, okay, this is legitimate promotion. This is whatever you want to call it, competition for WWE, whatever. And along those lines, depending on how many shows they have, you're going to have, you You can't have matches where they go crazy every night, you know. And, I still think it's going to be New Japan or ROH quality, which is still higher than WWE quality. But are they going to, my point is though, are they going to tour like WWE does? That's the thing. And if they, Even if they tour like Ring of Honor or New Japan does, that's still a lot. Right. It's not like WWE tours more than New Japan does. I don't think they do. New Japan has a ton of road shows. So to me, you're still on yeah, a but WWE has four shows a week, including two TV shows and two house shows a week. New Japan wrestles all the time. They, yeah. they wrestle weekly. There's shows all the time. Didn't you just see yeah. me look up the schedule? There's tons of shows. <laughs> right. I don't agree with you at all. You're I, being way too skeptical. No, I, I don't think I am. I, I, think I, I don't think I don't. I think I'm I'm a little realistic in that, like I said at the beginning, I want to see the proof of it first. I think that you're jumping the gun because I think that Double or Nothing and the other Jacksonville show will be a jumping off point. They're biding time. That's what I'm hoping it's going to be. I think it's going to be a launching point That's what I'm for hoping. their TV deal. Like yes. They might even announce it there. I, hey, or maybe use that, it as their launch look, on look, a channel. Look. I know you're very passionate about that. I agree on all that. But right now, all I'm seeing is two shows. I want to see what comes out of this. That's the thing. All I, you will see. Okay. Well, we will. And again, I'm I'm the kind of person that I want I want proof. I want evidence. I think I don't, the evidence I don't want, will be forthcoming. I, don't, I hope so, because it seems like it's going to be a, a fantastic promotion. But, it does. But I'm not just going to go in with glazed eyes, like oh my god. I'm not going in with glazed everything. eyes. I'm basing like this TV thing. Jericho said, "Why would Jericho be involved in something that's just going to be a like two shows and done?" Like, why would he basically... WWE's already taken him out of the, the intro, by the way. I don't know if you noticed did that. Did not know that. Or heard that. They already took him out. Like, uh, there's proof. Somebody did, like, a screen capture of, like, the old intro, like, last week and then this week. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so already he's out of there. And he was moved to the alumni section of their page as well. That was also reported on Wrestling Inc. as well as all over Twitter. It's all over the place. But um, So to me, I don't think Jericho would jeopardize his relationship with WWE I agree. just for something that's like a one-time show. I really do think... And, his and conversation I don't think with it's going to be a one-time show. I really I don't. So I'm just saying like your skepticism doesn't match up with all the proof that's already coming out. 
but I do think that they're leaving stuff up to surprises, and also they probably need time to build the roster. Which, which that's going to take events, time. Yeah. yeah, well, planning these events, which are months away, will give them some time to get that together. Right, because we got, we got to see, again, look, they're going to either have to absorb another company or have active working relationships with all absorb. these companies. Well, then they're going to have to have Tony active... Tony Khan says he's not looking to absorb a company. Well, then he they're going to have to have that. active relationships with all these companies he's... to be able to put on a show with full rosters. Yes, and he said that he's looking to do that. He right. said domestically or internationally, he's not opposed to working with people at all, and he thinks that's the direction business is going in general, and that's how to succeed in this climate of wrestling right now. So to me... All indications from Tony, from Jericho, all these interviews that are coming out are indicating that they're going to be working with some people. They have to be, like what we said last week. Right, they have to. That's the only way it's going to work because you can bring in all the fresh-faced talent you know, or indie guys. That's not enough to fill out a roster if you're going to have a weekly promotion, a weekly TV show, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's going to take time. I mean, yes, this could change the wrestling landscape, but it's going to take time. Let's not... Let's not act like this is going to change things in three or four I months. I mean, Xbox says it's changing but, it now. But by the end of the year, especially with all the contracts that are up in 2019, see, that's the interesting part to Sin me. Sin posted a picture of him and Cody Rhodes when Cody was Stardust on his uh, social media today. Wow. So it's like people are speculating, does that mean he's leaving? Yeah. Because reports are that he's unhappy. Right. And that's, I think it was Sin Cara. And that's the, I mean, that's going to be the really interesting thing is, is when these guys' contracts are coming up, in this year, how many of them jump ship to AEW? Because that even more will legitimize what a threat this promotion is going to be. The revival were wearing hashtag FTR. As we know, FTR was made famous on Being the Elite. Right. They were wearing those trunks this past week on WWE television. But so I wanted to go see if like they addressed that on their Twitter. And I can't remember, if, of course, I can't remember which member of the revival it was that I looked on their Twitter. But the pinned tweet was the Young Bucks tweet. The tweet that said, we will have the Revival versus the Young Bucks remember this tweet. It was the pin tweet. And I was like, what the heck <laughs> does this mean? <laughs> so that was kind of cool. But um, also let's talk about, quickly, you alluded to twice now our podcast from last week. Mm-hmm. We went live on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel, which we've never done before. went really well. We want to thank all of you guys if you're listening to our recorded podcast for the first time after having seen us live. Thank you for sticking with us and giving us a chance. But uh, we talked about Jericho last week before we knew he was going to be a part of AEW. Mm-hmm. And we touted how he was a revolutionary, and I said he was the GOAT. And we had a whole long conversation about Jericho and how he's such a revolutionary, and he constantly is changing to stay relevant. And he's so smart like that. I just want to say a couple quotes from the rally that I thought kind of cemented what we said. He kind of he was being a little egotistical, but hey, he was telling the truth with his quote here. He said... I am here with AEW. I'm not here for the money. I already got the money. I'm here because I believe in doing something different. I believe in doing something new. And then later he says, you know, um, that's what I've done my entire career. I'm a maverick. I'm an outlaw. And he says people should remember the day. And he goes on and on. He said the point that I'm trying to make is not to change the world. And AEW is not here to change the world. We are here to change the universe. Such a powerful statement. And, um... He really says that this is a jumping off point and it's starting now and it's going to go on forever. That's what he said. So all of his really powerful statements tell me that this is something way bigger. He was such a loyalist to like WWE. I think he just wants to do something different and like have his own place in history. He's never been 
scared to change, you know, what he's doing, to change it up, to break the mold. And we're seeing that again. And I, I could tell he just hit it off with the Bucks. He's always gotten along good with Kobe. So I just think it's a huge deal, some of the things he said at that press conference. And another big moving part in this, obviously, Cody and the Bucks. I believe they're all technically executive vice presidents, all, all three of them, which is kind of cool. And I think it'll keep, keep things pretty even. No one's going to get too egotistical or too powerful or whatever. And I really have no doubts about them booking and running a company because they did such a good job with All In. But even beyond All In, going back further, if you look at what they've done with being the elite, how can you build a roster? Well, they actually built stars through being the elite. I don't think Hangman Page or Flip Gordon or any other members of kind of some people who got popular on Ring of Honor kind of got that way through being the elite. Like even SCU, Scorpio Sky, let's say for specifically him. They're all more popular than they were basically like before they were on Being the Elite. So to me, even more so than Ring of Honor Television, it was Being the Elite that built them up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was kind of created through the minds of Matt and Nick themselves, not through Ring of Honor's creative. Although I love Ring of Honor's creative. I'm not bashing them at all. I'm just saying I don't think Matt and Nick and now Cody will have any problem building stars because they're kind of been building stories and stars through the show for at least a year or two now. Now, the only thing I'll counter that, even though, again, I completely agree with you, that was on a macro level. Mm-hmm. You know, they were developing a kind of a star at a time on their on their, on their their web series. This is building stars over this, the whole promotion. So is that going to take time away from their wrestling? Are they going to have to be more of story developers than, than wrestlers? That, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff is going to be interesting, too. How much are they going to be more concerned about the creative side of it and the business side of it, and will it take away from them wrestling? That's an interesting thing to see as well. So maybe we all think that being the elite and the Bucks and Cody are the ones behind the forefront of the change, but you know what's crazy is that, once again, Chris Jericho is literally at the forefront of this new revolutionary venture. I mean, obviously he's not the exact brains behind it, the Bucks and Cody are, but I just find it fascinating that if you go back to all the eyes that started to turn onto New Japan, it started with Jericho building up the feud with Kenny Omega Mm -hmm. and just having that surprise um, kind of appearance in New Japan Pro Wrestling, thus culminating with the Wrestle Kingdom match between Kenny and Jericho. And that was awesome. And like I said, it kind of opened up New Japan to a whole Western audience that maybe hadn't known about the promotion before because of Jericho. So not only that, and that was brought upon his involvement with Don Callis, who he got back into the wrestling business, who now is involved greatly with Impact and is making changes there. So Jericho had a hand in kind of New Japan's rise back to prominence, Impact's rise back to prominence, and also doing a whole new revolutionary venture with the Crews, and the Crews was working hand-in-hand with Ring of Honor, which, which is also crazy. It's like... So how many promotions has Jericho had a hand in in less than a year? Now he has a hand in this new promotion, AEW. It's crazy. In one way or another, whether it was direct or kind of indirect, he has touched at least four promotions if you don't even include WWE. That's insane to me. Well, and it we, says a lot that he's got a pulse on like what's going on right now with wrestling and the landscape. Well, we have plenty to say about this, obviously, and... Uh... We're not alone. Uh, normally, we save our questions for the end of the show, but uh, Ask Two-Faced was on fire this week with questions about AEW, so we're going to incorporate it into the discussion. 
several questions from you guys, and we will start from NYCKNP. Uh, something we kind of touched on. There are rumors that AEW will have a TV deal with Turner Sports. If true, what are your thoughts on pro wrestling potentially returning to TNT, TBS? Will this benefit AT&T's streaming service? Uh, obviously, I think it would be a big coup for Turner Sports if if this promotion is going to be as big as we think it can be. Uh, and I think it's a natural fit for them because they've been in the wrestling business before, but also know the mistakes that were made in the wrestling business before. So I think they would be pro- a, a good guiding hand almost for AEW in that process. So I, and of course, AT&T streaming services would totally benefit from this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know, mistake me if I'm wrong, but like, didn't the network involve themselves in workings of WCW back in the day? And isn't that kind of partly what was the problem? So it would, it'd be interesting to see the dynamic between the people who actually run AEW and the like, the TV execs, whoever, whatever channel they wind up on, and how they all relate together and involve with each other, and right. how they affect each other. Well, and just to write down the little things, and we've seen it on the documentaries, the, the Monday Night Wars, where WCW made a lot of mistakes in that they hired just Turner Sports guys. Yeah. Who didn't know wrestling at all. So that will be a different part. Like AEW would have to have their own TV crew because that was a huge thing because they had guys shooting wrestling who didn't know right. spots, you know? Yes. So that's going to be part of it. Uh, you know, the difference, I guess, would be this would be like a league signing with a, a TV. You know, so they no, can't touch the league. Like yeah. That, that would yeah, be it would, what it would it, be like. It would be like, you know, in the day, it would be like if Major League Baseball signed with Turner Sports and then Ted Turner starts telling them how how, how to enforce the rules, you right. know? This way, I think it'll be separate because it'll be a separate entity with TV rights. Right. So I think that'll be the difference. It's completely different from before where, like, Turner was involved in the promotion. Right, exactly. So that's the big difference there. So It's y- still interesting to see because there still could be restrictions of what you can or can't show. You know, time limits, which they've, you know, not really had to deal with as much. But we'll see. Um, it's all quite interesting. Don't really know exactly how to answer your question because it's all speculation, but it's very exciting. So now we've got our question from our good friend, good guy Dave, at Dave Pazeski. How do you think AEW's partnership with Oriental Wrestling Entertainment helps them going forward? Now, I'm not that familiar with this company, but Matt Jackson was so enthusiastic at the rally. He said, you know, if you don't know who they are, you will soon. They're incredible. They've just blown me away, the type of stuff that they've done. He compared them. He's like... It's like watching Lucha Libre mixed with Kung Fu, mixed with, God, martial arts, he was saying, like, besides just Kung Fu, other martial arts. And I forgot, he said a third thing, all mixed up into one. And he said, it's awesome, and it will blow you away, and you'll love it. So, to me, that was good enough praise from somebody who's already an amazing high flyer. And I'm interested to see what their stars are going to bring and uh, how the partnership's going to work. And hopefully, it still leaves the door open for other promotions to work with AEW as well. Well, and it will help OWE, for sure, to get their name out there a little more, too. Well, that's what Matt even said. We want to give them a spotlight. Right. So, we're going to give them this opportunity. That's what he said at the rally. So, I think that'll be great for OWE. Uh, Next one from uh, at Krasinski RJ, our good friend, who... Ask what will AEW have to do to compete with the bigger promotions? I'd say you kick this question off. <laughs> it's totally your thing. Well, 
I mean, TV deal, TV deal, TV, TV deal. TV deal is a huge part of it. I agree. I think along the way of that TV deal, it's got to be live TV events. It can't be taping four TV shows in a, in a week for a month of airing. I know that you've always kind of disagreed with the Ring of Honor doing no, that. No. That's plenty of big, your big qualms well, it, with that. But it just, I, I mean, generally it doesn't hurt things because, you know, unless you were there, you don't know. But well, with spoilers, so, but get, spoilers out. get out, all that stuff. So I think it would have to be live TV shows. Obviously, as I mentioned a little while ago, this is going to have to be a traveling promotion. And again, we're in the infantile stages. We we can't even think about getting to that point until they develop a full roster. So even the second half of the year would be ambitious for that kind of stuff. But that's got to be, if it's going to be, the WWE competitor, which I think, I think right off the bat, it's on par with Impact and Ring of Honor and all those, probably a little higher than that. But it's still, WWE is still way here. So they've got to do all these things to get to that level. And then I... I think that there's hope that they could. Yeah. Because of the backing, because of a TV deal on the table that apparently is really good. That Bubba Ray said it'll make you go, oh, you know, and the oh, people and, the, yeah. and again, the people that are involved. I think, <laughs> I think they make it a legitimate promotion that uh, certainly can be a competitor. And you may, you may be noticing <laughs> we're both coughing a yeah. little bit. Uh... Still, still a little sick from uh, the Winter Classic being in Chicago, staying up all night for Wrestle Kingdom, and obviously you may notice we're not talking about Wrestle Kingdom. That's why, because we had the whole live show about that. Yeah, we literally broke down every match. If you guys didn't catch it last week, please go check it out on all of Wrestling Inc.'s uh, audio platforms and on their YouTube as well, like usual. All right, you got the next one. All right, next one's from one of our best friends at Take the Bump Pod. With all of the great talent moving to AEW and all of the great talent being shown on Impact Wrestling, and with both companies seemingly willing to work with other promotions, what do you think of the possibility of an Impact versus AEW show sometime this year? I think there are some great matches in there, he says. And I think he's got a good point, and we actually kind of talked about this last week on our live post-Wrestle Kingdom show. We... We're going in and out of talking about AEW because of so many big developments with so many people leaving for AEW and dropping belts from New Japan. Now, I think we could definitely see an AEW Impact versus situation. I mean, what makes me think that they're going to work with Impact specifically is Don Callis and the relationship he shares with Jericho. And also the Bucks choosing to ask Callis to be a part of All In. To me, that all says a lot about the relationship between like a lot of the main players. So I definitely think we could see some Impact versus AEW matches. And some that I'm looking forward to, we, we talked about last week, LAX versus the Young Bucks. I saw it on the cruise, and it wasn't shown anywhere else. It wasn't shown on the Jericho pay-per-view that was shown on ROH. It was only on the cruise, and it was incredible. To me, it could have been match of the year. Like Lucha Brothers versus Bucks. Although technically, they're also with Lucha Underground, but... I still think it could work. Well, and I'm sure some people will say, well, why would Impact do that because uh, AEW is a competitor? And that is true, but I think Impact, almost by necessity, would have to be a partner from a with AEW because if they go the contentious route, I think AEW would end up burying Impact. I don't think they'll be contentious because Callus was never like... <clears throat> against New Japan. He still does commentary right, for them, and right. that's technically a competitor. Right. Now, it's not a domestic competitor, but it kind of was com 
like partnered with ROH, who technically could be considered a domestic competitor to Impact, but Don Callis never let that stop him from doing commentary with New Japan. So to me, I just don't th- see any big, big conflicts happening, but it's still... You know, it still might not work out to where they partner, but just imagine the matchups like Sammy Callahan versus Hangman Page. I'd love to see that. Or, heck, Pac versus Sammy Callahan. You know I love Sammy Callahan, <laughs> so basically Sammy Callahan versus anybody. That'd be fine for me. Uh, next one is from at Metal underscore 2006. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, who else do you think AEW adds in the women's division? And this is an interesting thing because I think the women's divisions are kind of fractured you know, between Ring of Honor and Impact. And it would be nice if everything was just in one division. Like Jordan Grace. Like, that's somebody we were just talking about, right. Impact versus AEW. She officially signed with Impact. I'd love to see her, like, wrestle people with AEW. Because she's, like, to me, one of the best women wrestlers on the indie, indies. Uh, or non-WWE scene. Right. I'm sorry, Impact's not an indie. But um, on the non-WWE scene, I do think Madison Rain's one of the best women's wrestlers out there right now. Um there's some people you'd really have to go and try to get, because like you said, they're all over the place right now. Right. Japanese women, Brandy teased a partnership with some great Japanese women wrestlers, which would be awesome to see. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to because there are not enough independent female wrestlers out there, I think, to fill out a roster. So you're going to have... A lot of them left for NXT right. or you, WWE. You've got uh, Chelsea... She just left. She just went to NXT, right? Yeah, and so, she was... She would have been awesome. Chelsea Green, we're talking about. Yeah. Uh you know, so yeah, it's it's hard because it's so fractured. You you would almost like somehow ROH Impact and AEW to just have a women's division uh, together. Yeah, I would because I think it would be way deeper than this fractured thing. But Britt Britt Baker, she's a good starting point, Absolutely. a good jumping off point. She was great in that Fatal Four Way at All In. That was one of my favorite women's matches of the whole year. In any promotion. Absolutely. Including NXT, which actually has the most stacked women's division right now. I think that that Fatal 4-Way at All In really contended with what they're doing. And was almost just as good, if not better. And speaking of Chelsea Green, I just want to like kind of make an interesting point. I think it's funny that she just went to NXT. And I think somebody to keep your eye on is Zack Ryder. Because him and Cody are like best friends. And I think it would benefit him to leave. I really, really do. Yeah. He's somebody who could do stuff with his own YouTube channel. <clears throat> he could succeed on his own creativity if he had the platform and was actually featured more. And people get behind him as like an underdog all the time. You've seen it now and then throughout his WWE run, but it's never been consistent because he's never been booked consistently or featured consistently. So to me, it would really benefit him to leave, which is ironic because Chelsea just signed with WWE, <laughs> right. which makes me think that he might not. But you never know, considering I was surprised Britt Baker signed with AEW when her boyfriend and lover of her life, Cole. Adam Cole, <laughs> right. is doing great at NXT. So it's all very interesting to see these moves. I'm so glad Britt decided to stick with AEW and do that direction. Because she's a great building block for them and somebody they needed. Absolutely. So let's move on. I know we jumped around there, <laughs> but I think it's so many interesting points to talk about. Our next question comes from our good friend um, at Mr. Bagshaw. So this is from our good friend Graham. With the second AEW event scheduled to be a fundraiser for victims of gun crime, will this have an effect on some people watching AEW? Even with there being a big difference between supporting the Second Amendment and supporting victims of gun crimes. This is an interesting discussion, but I think that is the important dis- distinction. Yeah. Because I, I think, look, 
I'm not going to delve too much into politics, but I think anybody who is a defender of the Second Amendment still doesn't want people to be victims of gun crime. So and I think they still are sympathetic to victims. Right. So how could you be against a show that literally is supporting people who have been affected by crimes? Right. Because, yes, they might support guns, but they don't support crime. Right. I don't think. No. I hope not. <laughs> I, I really hope not. So, so I don't think that they're going to have a problem watching AEW because, to me, they're supporting victims, and that's all they're supporting. Like that's, I don't think they're trying to make a political statement. I think they're just trying to help. Because Cody's actually supported other causes as well with some of his meet and greets in mm -hmm. the past. Like his NWA meet and greet, I think, benefited uh, some kind of cancer or sickness. And I find all that very commendable. Commendable. Yeah. So, I, I mean, look, I think there will be a little you can read into it politically that, you know, maybe they're trying to make a, a little statement. But I don't think I don't think it's enough that it's going to uh, deter people. Well, I think Florida has been a big you know, a place of a lot of gun crime recently, especially with that big one. So I think they're trying to say, like, our second show is in Florida. Let's support, like, one of the big disasters right, that has the, happened the in Park, the past. Parkland school shooting, of exactly. course. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm stumbling <laughs> with my words. I really am not feeling well this week, so I apologize. Uh, next one from at Rakagochi. Uh, do you think Funaki would be a great addition to AEW? <laughs> <laughs> I would say sure because it's just funny. <laughs> he would, he would, uh, he would be funny to be in there. He, he would be, yeah. <laughs> he would be uh, the the greatest announcer ever. He would be in AEW <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who kind of are speculating about who the announcers like will be. There's a lot of interesting names, you know, floating around. I I can't wait to see who it's going to be. Um, all up to the Bucks and Cody, I suppose, and I guess. Tony Khan. I don't know how much of a, a say he's going to have in, like, the booking and the roster and stuff, but it seems like he's pretty darn involved and that he knows wrestling, so that can't hurt. We'll just have to see. Our next question comes from Michael Berry Sr. Thanks, Michael. He says, how excited are you for AEW, and who would you like to see join the company? Man, I got to tell you, I'm so excited, and I really wish that, you know, Chelsea Green wouldn't have signed to NXT because I would have loved to have seen her in the company and be a pillar for the women's division, as I said a few minutes ago. But, um, obviously I'm thinking Kenny Omega's going to go there. All those people telling us last week during the live podcast, he's going to WWE. I knew they were wrong, <laughs> and I still am sure they're wrong. His contract ends in about, like, I think two or three weeks, so they couldn't announce him during the rally. But, you know, the uh, ending of the latest Being the Elite, Teased that he was going to be signing with AEW, and I really don't think that his whole his whole platform in the last few years has been change the world, and his whole thing has been about sticking with his friends. They've been building this up. Why would he abandon like his best friends? Yes, money talks, but I just don't see that happening because I think there's been promises made behind the scenes that they're going to stick together. So I was not in doubt, and I think Kenny will be a part of the company. And I'm so excited for AEW. And StarCast 2, which we'll see Michael there, I'm sure, in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, with all the contracts that are coming up, it'll be interesting to see. I guess the best way to put it, it'll be interesting to see who's the biggest major defection from WWE. I mean, you mentioned... I think there's going to be people. I mean, you mentioned Zack Ryder, and Zack's a name, but he's not a big name. 
I'm talking about a major I defection. I would love to see Sami Zayn. Right. I don't think Sami Zayn is ever going to get to the heights that he could get in AEW. I think he could be a champion in AEW, like a world champion. Right. And I think he would be because the Bucks know about his talent. Um, even if he didn't revert back to El Generico, even if he just stayed as Sami Zayn, which I love that character. I love both of his characters. So to me, God, I'm pipe dreaming, but he doesn't, I don't think he has a family to take care of. So I think, take a risk. But something that makes me hesitant about having my hopes up is that he's so into the causes. Like, he's been really, like, prominent about, you know, Sammy for Syria and stuff like that. Right. And WWE has allowed him to do that and have a really large platform to, to do his kind of giving back work. I think he likes that so much, I don't know if he'd want to give that up. And Kevin Owens really seems like he's been converted to a WWE guy mm-hmm. and that he's just so entrenched in that world and he has a family. And the family are fans of the company, et cetera, et cetera. So to me, the Bucks were best friends with Owens. If Owens didn't have a family and if he wasn't so entrenched in WWE, right. I would say Owens in a heartbeat, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, you've got to look at guys that who who don't think they're being booked well. Yeah. I think... That's the kind of guys you got to look for. I mean, Anderson, if, Anderson and Gallows, yeah, for sure. I think if you had asked me, maybe a year ago, if this had come about, I think Cesaro would have been a guy yeah. because he was not being utilized well enough as a single. Now he's having fun now, now. Now he's having fun as part of the bar. They're you know they're tag team title holders, you know, so they are being used well. But that's the kind of guy in these time frames that you can look at and go. All right, who's not being used very well? But who's not whose being contract used well, is up? Whose <laughs> contract is up? But who really cares about not being used well? There's some people who are okay to just right. have fun. There's some people who are like, yeah, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the main event. That's okay. I'm not even on every show. That's okay. I'm making good money. Like Gallows and Anderson don't seem unhappy. No. Like they've even said like we're making good money. We'll yeah. take it. So to me, they might not even want to leave. They might be happy with what they're doing. So who wants to really change the world and be a part of something new and their ideals are worth more than anything else? Not that they can't make money because apparently they can't and apparently there's talk of uh health insurance and healthcare. Right. Now that right. could change the whole landscape of WWE even because they might have to get competitive with that. Right. Um, because they could lose out to people, mm-hmm. you know, they could lose out to AEW and lose some of their people. All of that's so interesting and intriguing, and is awesome in my opinion. So let's like kind of change gears. We talk so much about AEW, and that is really something to be very excited about. But uh, you know, they kind of all left Ring of Honor. Now Ring <laughs> of Honor has to rebuild. Now we're still uncertain. Will it be completely without people who are now a part of AEW, or? Uh, or will it be with them? We'll have to see. Um, but right now, they are building their next show, which is coming up this weekend. Actually, on my birthday, <laughs> January 13th, uh, they're doing Honor Reign Supreme. And the card looks interesting. I actually watched uh, the latest episode on Ring of Honor's YouTube channel, The Pinnacle. It's episode 5, and it was called Peacock Reincarnated. And it was building up, basically, Dalton Castle's challenging again, for the world title against Jay Lethal. And actually, it made him seem very sympathetic. It was such a well-done video. I really enjoyed it a lot. Had it got a lot of great B-roll footage. And it just had him talking about how people never took him serious, even when he was the champion. And how he wants to prove not only that he could beat Lethal, but that he's serious and a serious contender for the title, no matter who 
he's challenging. And to me, that's interesting. It was very well done. So if you guys are not familiar with what's happening with Ring of Honor right now, check out the latest episode of The Pinnacle. It's episode five on Ring of Honor's YouTube channel right now. Yeah, this show intrigues me because it's funny. As you look at the match card, you're like, man, there's a gaping hole with no Young Bucks, no Page, the tag no, division, no yeah. SCU. I mean, it looks like, holy cow, where is everybody? But uh, there are some matches I'm really intrigued by. I think the one I'm most looking forward to is seeing Villain Enterprises together against uh, the Briscoes. The Briscoes! And Silas Young. Yeah, Briscoes are my boys. Yeah, but I, I'm really in, I'm really interested to see Villain Enterprises, and you know we saw Brody King at PWG. Uh, really looking forward to seeing how those guys work together. I, I think that's going to be interesting to see. I know they've they've been on TV a little bit, but uh, this is really going to be the first chance I've really had to to watch them together. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, I'm sorry. The Bouncers are not in that match, but the Bouncers are one of my favorite tag teams in Ring of Honor that are still there. But I don't think they're on the show, are they? No, not announced Not announced But yet. I am um, looking forward to seeing Juice Robinson on the card. Best friends. You know, people keep asking me who do I want to see rise to prominence in 2019. Trent Beretta. Well, he broke up with Rapungi Vice, and I'm gonna. Tw- My latest poll, like I said, was about which theme song do you prefer. So they made him leave Rapungi Vice with Rocky Romero, and I loved them together. They had great tag matches together, and they kept touting, "Well, now he's gonna be a heavyweight. He's gonna be a singles guy," and yet he's still working just with another tag team as a part of Best Friends. But they're building tension between the two of them. So they could break up, and that's what I'm getting at. I think he might finally be building towards a singles run. I hope. So hopefully he could be somebody prominent not only for New Japan but maybe with Ring of Honor. Yeah, well, whether or not through the partnership or not, I don't know uh, if it's just going to be co-branded shows or if he could possibly be just on Ring of Honor shows as well. But I want to see him have a breakout year. Yeah, me too. And, and I forgot to mention that last and it, week. And, and look, if they have the breakup here at this Ring of Honor show, then you set up a great match between him and Chucky e. T yes. down the road. So that, I can't wait to see that'll be that. tremendous as well. So somebody else on the card, I think we're going to see the first basically big show for Bandito, which will be awesome. Um, we saw him at PWG as well. We did. And now he's a full-time member of the Ring of Honor roster, and that's going to be awesome to see his first full-time show with the company. And then he's against PJ Black. And it's important to know that because I didn't know a lot about PJ Black recently, but I watched NWA's YouTube channel and the latest episode of 10 Pounds of Gold, which basically told me all about PJ Black because he's actually, before he has his match against Bandito, he's facing Nick Aldis on the 12th in Ring of Honor at their show at Center Stage in Atlanta for the 10 Pounds of Gold. And so I didn't know this, but PJ Black got injured base jumping. He basically not just broke his ankle, he basically, he said, like, twisted off and not off like it was off of his body right. but all the tendons Dangling. all the muscles yep. everything was basically destroyed they had to rebuild his ankle that's insane so it showed him in a pool beautiful b-roll shots on this episode of 10 pounds of gold um rehabbing rebuilding that ankle and i'm like wow it makes you invested in him because now he wants to get back you know, and start living, keep living his life, basically. He said, you know, I'm not going to let this stop me from living my life. I'm not going to stop base jumping, and I'm not going to stop wrestling. Doctor said I would never wrestle again, but here I am. I just think that's a powerful story, and uh, 10 Pounds of Gold has consistently, if you look all the way back to the very beginning, and then, of course, with Cody and Nick building to All In, it's done storytelling very, very well, and it's continuing to do that 
with or without Cody, it's still doing that with Aldis, with every challenger he's facing. And I can't wait to see, because uh, I think it's going to be available for Honor Club members. I can't wait to see that match against PJ and Aldis. Should be great. Check out the episode if you guys haven't seen it. So Ring of Honor, Honor Reigns Supreme is Sunday night. And of course that, uh, that TV taping between Aldis and PJ Black also coming up. On the 12th. Yes, coming up as well. And coming up with us, more of headlines. When we come back to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, we will discuss the follow-up show to Wrestle Kingdom 13 and the surprising small amount of headlines coming out of that show, plus WWE, Impact, and more of your questions when we return. St. Arnold Brewing Company, located in Houston, is Texas' oldest craft brewery. Their goal is to brew world-class beers and deliver them to their customers as fresh as possible, making them the best beers in Texas and Louisiana. Their customers are beer lovers, people that appreciate great full-flavored beers. So whether you're enjoying an art car IPA or a smooth-drinking lawnmower, look for St. Arnold beers throughout Louisiana and Texas. Our awesome wrestling logo is by artist Eric Hodson. You could check him out at erichodson.storeenvy.com where he has tons of other wrestling artwork. He really is an incredible artist. His Twitter handle is at Dreaded Dinosaur, which is named after his comic series, The Dreaded Dinosaur Man. Thanks, Eric. We really love your logo. Welcome back to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, and we continue with headlines as a little different way we're doing the show this week, and we're going to Go into Impact. Uh, they're a big pay-per-view this weekend, Homecoming. Uh, overall thoughts on the show. <laughs> End of the show, I said it was a three and a half. You said... I said flat three, man. I was not <laughs> entertained very much. Of course, I love my boy Sammy Callahan. I love Willie Mack, and that's who he had the match against. There were some entertaining parts in the main event, of course. And then... My favorite match of the night was Lucha Brothers versus LAX, which I really which thought <laughs> might be one of the matches of the year. And I think we're going to write it down as one of the possible matches of the year to, to remember for the end, when we get to the end of 2019, to remember to mention it. But um, overall, besides that, like Tessa Blanchard versus Taya was not... I didn't, I didn't like it as much as I did their first match. No, the first one was much better. Much cleaner, much crisper, <clears throat> and so on and so forth. So to me, you know, I just didn't like their rematch as much. Even though Taya won, it didn't feel like it was a clean finish. And the same thing with Johnny Impact. That didn't seem like a clean finish either. Yeah, very clunky ending to that Impact Cage match. Yeah. Uh, I thought something crazy was going to happen. And then I don't know if they messed it up. or It was just all very odd what happened on the ropes there. You know, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record on this. At some point, we're going to stop buying the pay-per-views because $40, $40? is too much for a pay-per-view. It Usually, just... it's only you harping on the price. And I'm like, whatever, I support mm. wrestling, I support wrestling. To me, this was this was insane that I paid $40 for this <laughs> show. Like, I cannot believe I spent the money on that show. Now, LAX versus Lucha Brothers, I was happy mm -hmm. about that. That, to me, yes... It, it was worth it, but I would have been much happier if I had paid $20. Mm -hmm. Heck, Even I, 25 I, I pay $10 a month, and I get tons of great, awesome Ring of Honor content all the time. And that's because I paid for the whole year, but it basically boils down to about $10, $11 a month, and I get every Ring of Honor show. So to me, that's more worth it, and it's way more affordable. What's your New Japan subscription? 
That's ten dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, that's high quality so, matches all the time. It's not just once every four months. So average that out. You're paying a hundred and twenty dollars a year for New Japan, right? Right. And essentially, if you for, were to, if you were to buy Honor. the three pay per views, although I think they have four, but if you bought three Ring of Honor pay per views, that's a hundred and twenty dollars. Where are you getting more entertainment? The one hundred and twenty dollars uh, you're spending on New Japan, where you're getting all these great shows. Or you mean Impact? You said Ring of Honor. You mean Impact, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, Impact. Yeah. The three Impact pay per views. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. You. Even though I think they have four, but but so three but even at forty dollars. Three at forty dollars is one hundred and twenty versus New Japan. You're paying one hundred and twenty dollars. Where are you getting more entertainment? <laughs> New Japan. I yeah. mean, there's no question at all. I'm not knocking the Impact roster. No. I love their roster. There's so many people I it, like when they're Jordan it's getting Grace. better and better, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Grace. Obviously, you love Phoenix. Like, you're so high on I Phoenix am. right now. I you, know, you keep talking about how great he is. I love Brian Cage. And he was in the main event. But to me, there were some weird parts in that match. Like, you already alluded to the finish. That was odd. It didn't seem right. It seemed confusing. There were so many parts in this, and let's talk about Callus on commentary. That was even weirder. How many times can you tell that you developed the X Division? Uh, the I mean, Ultimate I'm, X, yeah. The Ultimate X match, I'm sorry. He even called it the X Division at one point. <laughs> he developed that match. They must have said that like five times. Easily five times between him and Josh Matthews. And, and that match wasn't that exciting either. Uh, that was a huge disappointment because I was really looking forward to that. And it was good. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but it was underwhelming. Yeah. I, I know that's a term I've used on a couple things of late, but it was underwhelming. The only things that I really were truly entertained by, the LAX Lucha Brothers, uh, I thought Moose and Eddie was really good. Uh, great physicality on that. And considering I had a very low bar on it, Eli Drake and Abyss. That was better than was, I thought it would be. You know, I was expecting a two or a three, and that was a <laughs> six or a seven. So, um <laughs> That was a little better than I expected, but <coughs> again, not worthy of $40, um, and that's something they're going to have to evaluate. I, I, I joked with you that it seems like these promotions are picking up on things we've now, talked about. Now even more so, because there was the WWE announcement, two, too. Well, two things this week. The WWE announcement about <laughs> having a tournament during Royal Rumble week, which I said about six months ago on the podcast, mm -hmm. but we talked about last week, or two weeks ago, the mistake of Impact going to Pursuit. Well, now they're going to be also be on Twitch, which is a great decision because now now more people will actually be able to see them. Now they did say they so want maybe to have... they'll listen to us on the pay per view. Maybe they too. will because but... it needs to be lowered on the price. But they did say they want to have a goal to have I think it was what fifteen thousand subscribers on Twitch, and that means paying people who pay to watch. So they do want to make money off of Twitch, but I do think it's a great idea to have basically a simulcast between. Because no one has pursued. Yeah, we talked anybody. about some, somebody on the live show last week did say it's on Direct TV. I mean, there are places, but if you're like us, we have Hulu TV. It's not on there. I don't think it's on YouTube TV. So putting it on Twitch is a huge decision by them to uh, not completely lose their TV audience. Yeah, I mean, it had to be done. I really didn't think it was like, oh, this is just a luxury it was a necessity, in my opinion. So I'm glad they announced that. But, um, you know, going back to the pay-per-view, I just don't think it was worth it no. for $40. No. I'm not taking anything away from LAX. They're, like, one of my favorite things right now about Impact, as well as Sammy Callahan. Of course, you love the Lucha Brothers. 
which I also love as well. <laughs> but yeah, overall, was not my favorite part of wrestling this past week at all. Me neither. And uh, let me just quickly, we always say this week after week, if you guys love the pay-per-view, more props to you, that's okay. It's always okay to agree to disagree. Tell us why you liked it. Tell us why you might disagree with us and our harsh opinions on it. That's more than okay. I respect you guys' opinions, and I actually want to hear what you guys think of it and why. So be, be sure to tweet us at TwoFacedPod. Or also at SuperKickingIt, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I truly would. Let's shift gears and something else that I thought was a little underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a bad start for the year. I'm using the term underwhelming quite a bit. We sound uh, terrible. We sound like <laughs> No, like, I guess like I just meanies. have... No, I just have high expectations on things. I'm I not guess. saying just you. I'm saying me too. <laughs> I'm being harsh well, as Well, I think my negativity is, is rubbing off on you. Darn right? you, Paul. <laughs> You've changed me. All your positivity. But no, another... Again, good show. Very good show. New Year's Dash. Oh, very good. But... It, we were expecting more on the surprise front, the dramatic storyline of Kenny. Yeah, we so, didn't even see him. Yeah, our dramatic storylines, and we did get a couple talking points out of the show. So I guess we'll talk about that. Um, Lij going against Suzuki Gun, and they they set up a feud coming up with Tai Chi and Naito for that Intercontinental Title. Blah. Neither, tai Chi. neither of us is big fans of Tai Chi. I, I, he has improved. But the physicality he showed in that match in New Year's Dash, if I could see more of that from Tai Chi, I'd be a lot more excited about it. I think that's what we're going for. I think that's what we're going to see and what they're going for, I should say. So, obviously, they're trying to build him up as a more serious contender and what better person to do it with than Naito, of course, because he's had great matches and he's going to be a great champion again. I'm glad he's got the IC title belt again. But, you know, I don't know. Just The feud doesn't excite me personally. Another talking point that we got out of the show I think is kind of interesting. Now, I was touting New Year's Dash as such a huge show during our live podcast last week. Again, we're not talking about Wrestle Kingdom this show. If you guys missed our breakdown of literally almost every aspect of the show, very extensive, go back and check out our show from last week. You can find that on Wink's YouTube channel and on Wrestling Inc. on their actual site, WrestlingInc.com, and on all their audio platforms that you're probably already subscribed to if you're listening to us uh, on the audio version. But... Um, we, we broke it down there, but I did tout New Year's Dash as a huge show, and we're now saying it was underwhelming. <laughs> but another thing I talked about was my disappointment in Suzuki being on the pre-show of Wrestle Kingdom. And during New Year's Dash, on commentary, they said that Suzuki was so disappointed he was on the pre-show that it was one of the most disappointing experiences of his life. I think that's... I don't even think... Yeah, that I think was, it was even harsher that, than that, that he actually. Was, he was embarrassed to be on the pre-show, and I believe... He used the terms he was going to uh, make up for it, I believe is what he said. Yeah. Unhappy to be on the pre-show. It was uh, the biggest embarrassment of his life. That's what they said on commentary. So, yes. Um, and I love how they're building a feud between Suzuki and Sonata, which we're going to see later. I believe it's going to be on February 2nd at one of the Road to New, New Beginning, Beginning yep. shows. And I can't wait to see that singles match. And Sonata tried to put Suzuki in the Paradise Lock, and Suzuki kind of countered out of it and basically put him in an arm, arm bar, and that was flipping awesome. Suzuki, I love you. Um, that was great, great, great work building towards that future feud and um we also got jay white calling out tanahashi 
basically berating him for being an old man. And I know you liked when uh, Jay White insulted him. Yeah, so you, come on, old man, you can barely get through the ropes. <laughs> yeah, and it actually looked true. He did have trouble getting through the ropes. He it did. Like. So I, I think we're in agreement that Jay White's going to be a future champion. And, oh, yeah. And who knows if it happens this year. They certainly are building his uh, character with a feud against Tanahashi. The only thing I want to circle back and, and mention about Wrestle Kingdom is we kept talking about X-Pac's uh, podcast at the beginning of the show, talking about AEW and Tony Khan. Uh, him and his co-host, this really very knowledgeable girl who I really respect, they were both talking about how they liked the Naito versus Jericho two match better than Naito Jericho one. I disagree. I like the second. I mean, I like the first meetup way better than the second. The tripod spot in the first one was amazing. Nobody knows tripods are heavy <laughs> as hell, guys. You guys don't know. Tell I'm telling you, they're they're scary heavy. Boy. And he just dropped it full force on Naito well, in the first o- match. Other thing that we didn't mention in the AEW discussion uh, that we should talk about since we're talking about New Japan, Kevin Kelly. Uh, was asked whether he thought there would be a partnership between New Japan and he AEW. He said literally, absolutely. That's what he said. He said absolutely he thinks there'll be a partnership. That's pretty strong words. I agree. Yeah. And it's somebody who I think is in the know backstage about things developing and happening with, you know, who's running the company in New Japan. So I think Kevin Kelly is a good a good person to put your faith in. I, I think he could, you know, give us an inkling of what's to come with a partnership. I believe him. Could so be we'll could be a big uh, factor in AEW's success. Yeah, and he also said he was very proud of everybody and that he's very excited to see what this means for wrestling. All right, finally, let's uh, switch to WWE. Uh, not a lot of huge news out of the shows this week, but obviously the huge show or huge news out of the wrestling world and all the wrestling world uh, recognizes the impact that Mean Gene Okerlund had on the business. One of the greatest. One of the greatest. Uh, great video tribute. If you didn't get to see it on Raw or SmackDown, it really it, it epitomized and showed everything that was great about Mean Gene, from his self-deprecating humor to his interviewing style to his interaction with the wrestlers. It really was a great video package. It was. I loved the video package, and it made you smile, and it even, like, you know, I didn't watch, obviously, Mean Gene live growing up or anything, but just, like, the history, it's so meaningful, and it even made me tear up. Just, you know, how many people had such great things to say about him and stuff, and it was awesome. Yep. Powerful, moving. Got Hulk Hogan back in the ring talking about him. Uh, I've told this story before uh, about Mean Gene Okerlund, and to me, it really uh, it really shows how he could pivot and, and, and was very funny. Even when people, the viewer didn't know. I don't know the wrestler. This comes from somebody who used to work at WWE. But a wrestler had taken some pictures of the previous evening's activities with a female. And uh, the pictures circulated in the locker room. And Mean Gene Okerlund was doing an interview with the wrestler holding the pictures. And said to whoever the wrestler was, I can tell by these pictures that you're a man of action. And that's how they they set up the, the interview segment. So that's the kind of humor that Mean Gene Okerlund brought to wrestling. And he was uh, he was great in so many ways. And uh, it really was uh, a great tribute to him on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, other talking points. Uh, Sasha Banks uh, took on Nia Jax. And we've talked about this before. Sasha takes a beating. She's one of those wrestlers that really, you've mentioned it in the past, 
you you worry about her health because she takes some really brutal spots. Yeah, she does. People are actually kind of complaining about Naya being like reckless. That's like the new thing is people be like, Naya's the worst. She's gonna hurt people. And why is people okay with how she does things? Why are people all right with that? Don't they see what she's doing in the back? And yada, yada, yada. People are always mad and judgmental. Like, until you wrestle, I don't know <laughs> if you could say much about, you know, judging her or how I'll she wrestles. I'll tell you that spot, though, where she drops Sasha on the case is uh, was pretty brutal. And now Sasha's going to... On the apron? That no, one? Well, that too, but also on the uh, the technical case. Oh. Because kind of threw her on there. That was pretty unbelievable. So now Sasha versus Ronda Rousey at the pay-per-view. What do you think about that? It should be good. Yeah? Yeah. WWE, I mean, it's just not as exciting right now as AEW stuff. And <laughs> I'm not trying to be one of those loyalists or anything, but it's just like there's really nothing big really on the horizon right this second. I mean, do you think so far into this new year that they're living up to their promise of change? I will say in watching Raw, it seemed like there was a little more commitment to longer, better matches. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but it sort of seemed that way. It seemed like there were some better matches. Uh, I you Look, again, just like I said about the AEW, you know, you got to prove it to me. WWE's got to prove it to me. This can't be a two-week storyline that we're improving the product and all that. Prove it to me week after week that you're trying to make the shows better. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, especially now that there's you know, all this talk about other promotions and promotions working together. They got to step their game up. They do. Uh, I mean, whether or not, because people were arguing all over Twitter about what does competition mean? Like, will AEW be true competition? And a lot of people doubt that. Well, you know, AEW naysayers doubt it. Uh, whereas AEW loyalists are like, yes. And But also other people are like in the middle being like, competition doesn't have to mean going head to head. In fact, you know, I saw on Twitter somebody say, I can't remember who said it, it's already competition in that they're bidding for talent that WWE wants. I mean, Ring, Ring of Honor's competition to WWE in that way. They're bidding for people that WWE wants. So in that way, yes, everybody's competition with everybody because they're, they're trying to get the great talent that exists and is out there right now. Well, or and, hold on to people they already currently and, have. And look, if WWE's going after Kenny Omega as hard as we think they are, then yes, and, AEW is competition. And, and AEW ends up getting Kenny Omega. Which I think they then will. Then I think that's going to wake a lot of people up too. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, one other quick note on uh, WWE uh, SmackDown, the women's triple threat match. Uh, to set up the number one contender to go against Asuka, it was Becky Lynch, Carmella, and Charlotte. I have to laugh at a little code line from, from uh, Corey Graves because... It was mostly a good match, but there were a couple sloppy spots. And Corey Graves, I've noticed this a couple times. He he didn't even need to bring attention to it, but he he said, "Oh, Carmella didn't get all of that one, but got just enough," which was code word for she missed that spot. Yeah, yeah. and he's done that a couple times, and it makes me laugh because he really didn't need to bring attention to it, but by him saying that, it brought attention to, okay, she really messed that spot up. Yeah. Well, maybe in case anybody saw it all, he was trying to cover for it, or he was just, you know, being kind of like a funny, smart, you know, smart aleck. Well, he is a smart aleck. He is, and I like that about him. I I actually really love that about him. He's one of my favorites. So Becky Lynch will go against Asuka at the Royal Rumble. Any other WWE notes? Nope. All right, well, then I guess it's time to close out the show and send them home. What do you got? 
well, I'll stick uh, WWE and revert back to the Mean Gene Okerlund thing. And wrestlers get older, you know, announcers get older, part of your history is always going to go away. But it really kind of settled in with me a little bit when Hulk talked about all the people that Mean Gene was going to go see in the afterlife. And it was such a significant part of the 80s and 90s for me. And he's listing off, you know, Ultimate Warrior and Andre the Giant and Randy Macho Man Savage and... and so many yeah, greats gone. All these greats. And I, I know I've said this in previous podcasts, that was such an era. And again, that's when you had limited TV entertainment and mm-hmm. things like that. I don't know if you'll ever have a more revered golden era in wrestling than we had then. And... Sorry, we had to take a break because the <laughs> fire alarm just went off mid-podcast. The dangers of cooking, I guess. See, even though there is no danger to us or our dog, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, just like thinks that some oven smell is fire, but it's not. <laughs> but anyway, um, as to what you were saying, I do think that that was a great era and a very special era, but like, I think we're about to go into a very unique, uh, it could be another golden era. If there's a lot of competition and great places for everyone to work, it could be a different style of era with just a different atmosphere. Of course, not all the amount of legends that used to be that have passed on. Right. But, but just in a different way. I, I still think we're going to see almost like another golden age in a way. And I think even Tony Khan has like kind of made a statement saying something along those same lines. I think that's interesting. We'll and, see. But I, I think there's something to be said about that time. Of course. And those legends. And again, because it was such a narrow field of, of entertainment that I don't think it'll ever be matched. But we'll see. Yep. What do you what do you got? What are you sending them home with? Quickly, two things. One, I've been touting this on social media. And I just want to plug it one more time because... My favorite show of 2018 that you and I worked really, really hard on, man, we watched, I know you at least watched 10 or 15 Young Bucks matches. I watched at least 25 Young Bucks matches. We literally printed out 20 articles on our way to All In. We spent the whole flight reading these articles about the Young Bucks. We highlighted them all, all about their influence on the business. We talked about their best matches throughout their career and what All In meant. We interviewed Tons of wrestling fans, which we included into the podcast. We interviewed Dana Massey, which was also included into the podcast about, you know, the Bucks meaning to bring a shining light into the business and meant to bring forth change. And we're seeing that now. So the podcast is still really relevant. And I think we didn't talk a lot about it in the first segment, but the Bucks are such a huge part of this. Nothing like this, I think, would have been possible without the Young Bucks influence and their uh, ability to cross over into popular culture. And their ability to succeed with social media and, like, YouTube with being the elite, for instance. So, to me, they're a huge component of AEW and AEW's future success and even getting to this point to being able to launch a promotion. Of course, Cody's a part of that, too. But if you go back and look at Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel, it was during StarCast Weekend we released it. It was called The Young Bucks Special. I will tweet it out again on my uh, profile at Super Kicking It. S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. Look for that later in the week. I'll, I'll tweet it out again. It's truly one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done, especially of 2018. And I think you guys would enjoy it. It really is a comprehensive look at the Bucks, their influence. And it's it's really still relevant right now. It's not dated. We talk a little bit about StarCast, but it was more about overall their 
impact and what they could do, and even speculation about the future we, we did in that show. And also we included, like, sound bites of other wrestlers talking about the Young Bucks and how important they are. Like Jay Lethal, we had Flip Gordon, we had Marty Skrull, we had Hangman Page. All those people talking about the Bucks and how important they are. We had Ian Riccoboni. So look out for that. I'll be tweeting it out on both Two Face Pod and, like I said, mine. And I think it's something that I'm very proud of. And I think it's a really comprehensive look at the Bucks. And it's playing into what we're seeing now. And the second thing is check out the Hair vs. Hair recap on NWA's YouTube channel. Because David Arquette, my boy, I really enjoy him. People are tearing him down. But he's somebody who I think we should respect because he's a fan. And not only is a fan, but he's put basically kind of like this is not the right word or phrase but his money where his mouth is in terms of he supported wrestling with his money but he's also paid his dues and has been really extensively trained and he had a match with Tim Storm against Josephus and his spiritual advisor over the weekend at NWA's pop-up event that wasn't you know streamed live or anything but you could see the highlights of the match and you could see who got their head shaved on NWA's YouTube channel very entertaining stuff and I, I really like David Arquette and the dues he's paying in the business and how much he loves the business and he's obviously invested in it and I respect that. So I just want to make everyone aware of that match because it's kind of interesting. It's on NWA's YouTube channel like I said and it's funny that about almost exactly a year ago, a yeah. little bit more, yeah. give or take a few days, we were talking about a hair versus hair match back then as well. But that was between two different people in a different promotion. It was between Suzuki and Goto, and I was very upset that Suzuki had to shave his head, but he owned it, and he shaved his own head. We also talked about that last week a little bit when we were talking about Suzuki only being on the pre-show of Wrestle Kingdom this year. But again, you know, we started 2018 with a hair versus hair, and we started 2019 with a hair versus hair, just different promotions. So check it out. That's what I got for my closing out the show. Lots of information, a little bit of stumbles, coughing, fire alarm, <laughs> yeah. we apologize. <laughs> but we got through it, and I think we gave you a good bit of information, at least, some interesting points to ponder. And we thank you, as we always do, for spending your time with us. It's very valuable, and we appreciate it greatly. But that's a wrap for us, and that's the finish.